I'm Emma Gray, and welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions, like the joys and challenges of adult friendship. If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you, as always, for being here. You quite literally make our work possible. Today, here with me to discuss making, keeping, and breaking up with friends is writer and host of Normal Gossip, Kelsey McKinney, who also conveniently happens to be a dear friend that I made (laughs) in my 30s. Topical. (laughs) So beautiful for us. Hello, Emma. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me. You being here is an act of friendship in and of itself. Thank you for having me. I love talking about friendship and having friendships. So it's a joy to be here. I think it's a good sign that you asked me to do this. And since then, we've like texted things about it every single day. So that's beautiful. It's true. It's true. So before we get into a handful of the questions that you guys, our beautiful listeners, sent over, (laughs) which were very good, by the way, I wanted to just talk a little bit about the state of friendship, specifically (laughs) in the US. Okay. Because I feel like there's actually been quite a bit of research and writing about this in the last few years. I think in large part because of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. which threw into really stark relief the fact that American social circles have been contracting. According to the New York Times, like this was something that was happening before the pandemic, but for understandable reasons, COVID hastened this trend. Mm -hmm. And so three decades ago, 3% of Americans told Gallup that they had no close friends. Okay. And in 2021, an online poll, which, you know, I'm not exactly sure what the the methodology is here, but it put it at about 12%. So that's a big increase. Even if you say, okay, maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration. That's like a hefty... Yeah, 10 whole percents. Yeah. Almost. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And about a year into the pandemic, 13% of women and 8% of men between the ages of 30 and 49 said that they had lost touch with most of their friends. Most. Most, which is upsetting. (laughs) I'm laughing a little at this statistic, 13% of women and 8% of men, when like we know generally that women have deeper and more friendships than men do eternally. So it's kind of funny to say like, oh yeah, more women lost contact with quote, most of their friends. And it's like, yeah, because these guys had two friends. (laughs) I know. I was thinking about that too. I'm like, first of all, if this is self-reported, I'm going to assume that Uh women are more acutely aware if mm-hmm. they have drifted from friends. And so yes. that probably feels more impactful and like they have lost touch with most of their friends. Yes. And yet I would imagine that most women still have a significantly larger social network. Right. Like that's than a the men question. who are like, yeah, all my friends, all four of my friends that yes. I speak to twice a year are like, around. I mean, I don't really <laughs> want to get into this, but there's that, been that whole thing about male loneliness recently. And so it's like, this question isn't asking, do you have friends? It's asking, did you lose touch with the friends that you already had? So it doesn't account for people who said, I have zero friends. No. <laughs> I think the reason that I find these stats interesting is just the idea that as a collective, people have been thinking about friendship mm-hmm. because those connections were really put to the test when we were in isolation. Yeah. Those casual connections that you might have 
just easy access to before, especially if you were someone who, for example, went to an office and all of a sudden you're working from home, those things go away. And so I feel like, you know, The Atlantic has published like 12 different essays <laughs> about friendship in the last year, classic Atlantic. But that, again, what that tells me is that this is something people are thinking about. Yeah, I think that's fair. I feel like I've had more conversations since the pandemic about friendship than ever before. And it's, Same. you know, there's always a question of like, well, is that just because I'm aging? Or is it that right. actually the pandemic changed something? And it's like, well, I don't know the answer to that. But it does feel acutely more important in my life yeah. to have this conversation about like who your friends are and what they mean to you. Percent. I, I agree. And yeah, we'll never know. Maybe it's the <laughs> pandemic. Maybe it's we're getting older. Either way, it's something that we're thinking about and something that a lot of our listeners seem to be thinking about because we got a lot of questions to frame our definition of what friendship is. I was reading, again, this this New York Times piece, and they quoted this University of Kansas professor, Jeffrey Hall, whose research has broken down the expectations we have for friends into six different categories. Oh. And I found this to be really, really interesting. So... First, there is genuine positive regard. Okay. I like you. (laughs) I like my friend for who they are. My friend likes me for who I am. Mm -hmm. Second, self-disclosure. So yeah, you confide. Trauma dumping. confide Uh in a friend. Yeah, (laughs) trauma bondings. We like to tell each other secrets. Normal gossip, if you will. Mm -hmm. We love secrets. (laughs) Third, instrumental aid. So I guess that's like tangible support showing up to help someone move or okay like bringing you soup when you're sick yeah bringing you soup when you're sick offering your friend a ride to the airport Mm -hmm. something like that fourth is similarity so having some overlap in the way that you see Mm -hmm. the world fifth enjoyment this one seems key (laughs) (laughs) but honestly when we're talking about friend breakups enjoyment actually feels pretty key like are you having fun with this friend that is one of the big values of friendship (laughs) do you like them do you get something some positive energy when you're around them that feels very key and is the conversation like easy flowing entertaining Mm -hmm. and last there's a category which the new york times says is strange okay like you know if you can get the new york um, times to say it's strange that's a good sign yeah it's called agency and the way they describe it is that it quote presumes that it's nice when your friends are rich and powerful (laughs) who can help you find a job or let you stay in their summer house okay wait i have a question about these categories so the idea of them isn't that you would have six different friends who each fulfilled these different sections of friendships but that your friends fill most of them or some of them or yeah several or some of them, of them okay. or some of them and I don't think that the idea is that like they all have to be fulfilled at the same level or that right. they all have to be fulfilled 100% of the time but like these are the kinds of things that we yeah. expect from our friendships and what differentiates a friend from like a stranger on the street that you got a good vibe from. Right. But I do think that that's important going into this conversation. Something that I wanted to talk a little bit about is that 
the word like the word when I use the word friend that has like a deep variance of meaning right like I will say that like someone who goes to the same gym as me and whose number I have is my friend because I'm like well I can text her so she's my friend but like does that girl know my last name maybe not (laughs) right and then I have friends that are like I'm gonna call you if I have to go to the hospital right and so those are like like family essentially And so there's a wide, when we use this word, it's like, okay, are you talking about making a close, intimate friend? Or are you talking about meeting strangers? Like, they're two different things. This is such a good point. And you're going to laugh because this is an argument that I have with Adam, my partner, Uh all the time. I just say so many people are my friends. And he's like... Okay, sorry, Adam, for being so popular. (laughs) Yeah, so sorry. He defines friend in a very... Like, yeah, only the closest intimate friend okay. who you are still in that level of contact with now. And I'm like, no, but what if you have a historical friend yeah. that you only talk to every six months, but they have deep meaning? Like, I define a very, very wide swath of relationships to be friendships and right. find that to be positive and comforting in my life. Yes. I prefer to maintain a wide network of mm-hmm. friends who who give me different things. I feel like we kind of have similar reads on friendship in that way. I think we do. We both know a lot of people in general, and I would say a lot of people are my friends who I am sure some people would be like, that's an acquaintance for sure, right? Like, you do not know (laughs) that woman. And I'm like, but I see her every single day. But we're friends. (laughs) She's my friend, right? And like, I think that that's, That's kind of such an interesting problem here is that it's hard for me to discern in some of these questions which type of friend people are talking about, right? Or like what kind of benefit they're trying to get out of friendship, which is why I'm I'm glad you had these six different categories because it's like, are you looking for someone to come to the hospital with you, which is a form of like instrumental aid? Or are you looking for someone to send memes to? Those are different requirements. (laughs) Right. And that's enjoyment. And both of those are useful. And someone submitted a question, which we'll get to later, about an Atlantic article about friend breakups. Mm -hmm. And that piece is essentially arguing that you need to maintain a wide network of friends who can kind of tap in for different purposes. And I think that these expectations kind of give us a framework for that argument. Yeah. So let's dive into the questions because they are really so great. And we're going to try to get through as many as we can. I broke them into three categories, making friends, maintaining friendships, and ending friendships. Let's begin at the beginning. How make friend? Here to make friends. This is why I had a podcast, (laughs) which uh, incidentally, many, many people did think that that Facebook page was a place to find friendship. (laughs) Yeah, it made me really sad. Honestly, Um, that's a good place to find friendship, though. So maybe they were in the right spot if you think about it. Okay, so the first question, why is it so hard to make new friends as an adult? This was a very interesting question, I think, for the two of us, because and this is truly not meant to be a brag but like I don't have a lot of strengths in this life and making friends is one of mine I yes I think also as I, I agree with that I also think that making friends is one of my strengths and true joys but you and I have a lot of things helping us there we both yes. live in big cities we both are partnered we both don't have kids 
right? Like we we have a lot of things going for us that gives us kind of the free time and energy and interaction in the world that allows you to make a lot of friends. I also was thinking about the fact that we really had a leg up working in the mm-hmm. industry that yes. we work in, especially coming up when we did in digital media. We yeah. worked in a lot of places that were filled with young people mm-hmm. who had time on their hands, who weren't necessarily partnered, didn't have kids. Yeah. And so I I do have a lot of empathy for the fact that a lot of finding friends as an adult is situational. Yes. And when you are a child, you are constantly in spaces that are meant to foster social connection. Mm-hmm. And you are placed on a daily basis next to people who are your peers who you Mm -hmm. inevitably have something in common with and as an adult access to that is like just a lot more disparate I okay I kind of have a hot take here also okay I love a hot take which is that I think there are some huge benefits of being an adult over being like a teenager most things are a huge benefit right and one of the reasons we say like (laughs) high school sucks like you'll never have to see these people again is that like high school is one of the only places that you are forced to interact with people that you fucking hate right like that you would never interact with as an adult because you just would not cross paths with them right like I don't know any NFL players do you know any they they don't live near me I don't know who they are no right and so I don't interact with football players and I don't need to know what they think and that's a huge benefit but I also think that as an adult, it is extremely easy to make your life very small if you want to. Especially if you work from home, you can go to work and basically never leave your house, right? You can have your groceries delivered. You could have all sorts of things delivered. You could like never leave. And so you never interact with people that you don't know. And so, yeah, of course it's hard to make new friends. You have not encountered any new people. And like part of what's hard about making friendships as an adult is like finding people in the wild that you think you might want to be friends with. You just listened to a free preview of this week's Rich Text podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire Rich Text back catalog, you can become a paying subscriber at clarendemma.substack.com. If not, you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations. Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at clareandemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening. 